welcome to The Mary Mack Show, where we will be talking about your feelings, experiences, and pain following the death of a loved one. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you find yourself in this entire world, I welcome you. So how are you doing, my friend, my warrior? I certainly hope you are doing much better this week. So each week, I send an email to all those on my mailing list, alerting them to the latest episode, what it's about, and to the latest blog that I've written. And in the blog, you'll find a lot more of the show notes, the links that I speak about in that week's episode. So please go to marymac.info, sign up, so I know that we can continue to communicate with each other regardless of what happens to social media in the future. So this week, I'd like to speak to you about one of the most devastating tragic losses any parent can have, and that is the loss of a child. Now, we've already spoken about the death of a baby in recent weeks, either miscarriage, ectopic pregnancy, stillbirth, SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome, crib death, and also other unexpected ways that children die. We've also spoken about infant death. So today I want to speak to you about the death of a child who is a little older, even many years older. Children who are in their young life, they're in grade school, or they're teenagers, or they're young adults. But regardless, when a parent loses a child, even if that child is now in their 50s, and the parent is in their 70s, the one thing that is constant about the death of a child is that no parent ever expects that their child will die before them. It doesn't go along with the natural order of life, and it's horrific to learn that your child has left this earth before you. Most parents, especially early in their grief, are in excruciating pain. They also deal with shock and numbness, and they can't understand how this could possibly be happening. It's a sense of injustice. And when a parent lost a son or a daughter, they just feel like every step of their life is difficult, is hard, is painful not just physically in their body, but emotionally, in their soul, in their spirit. They blame God. They want to know what's going on. How did this happen? This wasn't supposed to happen. I was supposed to go first. They weren't supposed to go first. It feels almost like we did something wrong, that we failed. 
And that is so far from the truth. It doesn't feel natural to outlive a child. It just doesn't. But a parent needs to understand, and it will take a long time for this to happen, that in the order of life, no one, no one is certain that a child will survive their parent. We'd like to think that that will happen. We bank on the fact that we will go before them. But this isn't always the case. And it leaves parents devastated. And the relationship between the two parents is a very difficult road to bear. Sometimes they blame each other for something that might have gone wrong. Sometimes they blame God and they lose their faith, their belief that God was there for them. And they ask questions like, Where were you when my child died? Where were you when everything was going haywire? I counted on you. I believed in you. And I feel like God has exited my life and is no longer there for me. So there's a great confusion about our religion, about our faith, about our spirituality. We question all of this like we never did before. Some of the most difficult things that we face as a parent is that we will not see that child grow further in life. If they were very young, we won't see them enjoy their 16th birthday or their graduations or the Little League games that they participated in. We won't go to the Friday night football game. We won't see them get married. We won't walk them down the aisle if it was your daughter. We won't be able to see grandchildren from them and enjoy those little ones as they grow and mature and all the fun that grandparents enjoy with their grandchildren. That has all ended now, and we can't understand what is going on. Our children's life has ended, and we are in complete and utter disbelief. I'd like to now talk about some of the ways we respond to a child's death. First of all, we're in shock. We're initially numb. We are trying so hard to shield ourselves from the pain we feel, and we walk around in a bubble for a very long time. It's almost nature's way of protecting us because we are in such pain. We deny that they are dead. We expect our son or daughter to walk through that door again to be there for dinner on Sunday afternoon, to pop in and just say, hey, Ma, let's have a cup of tea. But that won't happen any longer. We go through the death of our child 
in a what if that plays out in our mind. There are so many, what if I had done this? What if I had done that? We ask ourselves, what should I have done? What could I have done? If I had gone to visit them, if I had picked them up earlier, could things have turned out differently? And the sad part about it is, we can play that broken record forever, and we will never come up with the answer we are looking for. I remember years ago when Angela was killed. That was one of the most difficult things that would run around in my head. Why was she murdered at the age of 11? Why did this all happen to us? Why did this all happen to her especially? I could never get that out of my mind. Could we have done anything differently? Probably not. We had no control over when her life would be over. But it made us feel horrible because we didn't. We lost control. We had no control. And that was one of the most difficult parts of grieving the death of a child. And really, grieving the death of anyone. We didn't have the control. So one day, I was listening in the background to a minister on the TV late into the night because I used to write quite a bit in the middle of the night. It was nice and quiet. And I remember them saying, if that record is going around in your head and you're trying to get the answer to something and you want to know why something happened, there are things in life we will never have the answers to as long as we're alive. And I thought about that. And she said, if you knew the answers to all your questions, then you would be God. And I really had to think about that because she was right. I didn't have the answers to everything that happened to me in my life. It used to annoy me that I didn't. And I had to come to a place where I let that be. We will never have control over everything in our life. It won't make us happy. Sometimes it will make us anxious. It will make us fearful. It will make us so angry. But we won't get the answer. And because we won't have the answer, we have to give it to the person who made us. And if you do believe in God or the Creator, there is where your answer lies. And until we die and meet our Maker, will we know the answers to all those questions? But not while we're here. We also go through a great deal of confusion. Our mind is cloudy. We're not really sure what we remember, where we're going. Our mind is just full of shock. And we feel like we're in that haze, that bubble I talked of. Sometimes we even question our sanity, if we're going crazy. But we go through emotional and psychological and even physical issues because we just cannot believe this is happening to us. We also go through 
great deal of anger and frustration because we can't get the answers we needed. And even if a child died accidentally or sudden death of some kind, and whether that child died from a long illness, however they died, the most painful part of this is we're still so angry that we couldn't fix it. We couldn't do something to prevent it. We feel powerless, and sometimes we even feel guilty for what we didn't do or what we couldn't do to protect our child. And another thing that happens, which is so sad, we have a sense of a loss of hope. We had had all these wonderful visions of how our child would grow up the experiences they would have, the people they would meet, the places they would visit, a full life, great education, wonderful expectations for them, and all of that is no longer there. All of these things happen to us as we grieve the death of a child. Another aspect of the death of a child is how it affects our marriage. Studies have shown that the death of a child can wreak havoc on a marriage. It's mostly because each person grieves in their own way and in their own timing, and one partner may feel that the other is not grieving in the way in which they feel that person should be grieving. And this judgment of the other person creates great pain, additional pain that no one needs to go through. So it is so important that you take time with your spouse, communicate with them. And if you feel you can't communicate face to face, then how about side to side? Go on a walk. You don't have to look at each other while you're dealing with this. And I know that might sound funny, but when you're not looking directly at them, it is a little bit easier to speak about your pain. Go for a walk, ride in the car, sit on a park bench, and express to them the pain that you are going through to let them know what is going on with you. When you don't bring out all the pain you are feeling, they can only guess, and they may be guessing wrong. So many people say that parents who have lost a child have gone on to divorce, and there definitely are many who do. That's not a lie. But you can make a big difference in your life, even when you have really difficult days hug each other, love on each other, try your best to be kind to one another. Even though you have such great anger, please try not to take it out on each other. Grab a pillow, grab a towel, scream into it. Get away from your spouse if you're ready to explode. Go in the bathroom and just scream. 
You need to get that all out of your system. Another group of people who need your support and love are your surviving children. You have to remember that they are grieving too, and they see you fighting, having a hard time. They see you in pain, and they don't know how to help you. And if they're older, like teenagers, sometimes they take over everything that's going on in the household, and years will go by, and then their pain will come out. Their grief will come out because now you've become a little bit more stable. And people will look at them and say, It's been three years since your brother died or your sister died. You should be over this by now. And they're not because they never got a chance to properly grieve when the child was killed or when the child died. They're waiting for their turn. One of my books is called How to Help a Grieving Child After a Loved One's Death. And you might pick that up from my website, marymac.info slash books. It's an excellent resource for you. Your other little ones, even if they're not so little, even if they're in their teens, they need help too. And if we can get them into a support group for grieving children, even better. They need to be able to say what is going on in their life, and they need to be able to hear other children who are talking about what they are going through so that your young ones can nod their head and realize that they are not alone. There is no doubt that you will never get over the death of your child. It is something that will be there the wound in your heart that is still exposed. But through certain actions, you can help yourself. You have to remember that you should always speak about the child as if they were still alive, because in your heart, they still are. And you could let others know that that would make you happy. I want you to take small steps, one day at a time, even an hour at a time in the beginning, and think to yourself of the good times. Be in a mode of gratitude for the life that you did share with them, for the things that you did experience with them, for their accomplishments in life. When you need help, Ask for it. I know that people at the funeral said to you, oh, if you need anything, just call or just ask. And you wondered where they were later on. But they don't know what you need. They don't know how to come to you. So reach out either in text or a note or an email in some manner and just let them know clearly what you need help with. It could be anything from, please come over and pick up my children this weekend so that my husband and I can have some private time together. We need alone time right now to work things through, to speak about this loss, to move forward in our grief. 
It could be as simple as, could you pick up a few groceries for dinner? Could you make us dinner two nights this week? Line things up for yourself. Each evening, as I've said in past episodes, please write five things in your journal that you are grateful for. This is so important because you want to move from feelings of despair into feelings of gratitude. And with that gratitude, it can move you, slowly move you into a different place. And you need that. Now, in the beginning, you will feel gloom, unfortunately. You'll feel such great sadness. But if you do that every night, if you write the five things and your spouse writes the five things, and maybe the next day you will compare notes and it will bring you just a little bit of lift in your life, do this for yourself. You deserve it. You've been through a trauma, a trauma that will last your lifetime. But how you deal with it is everything. If you isolate, if you keep yourself inside, if you abandon all your family, it will not help you. You want your younger or older children, your surviving children, especially if they're under your roof, to feel that you love them and appreciate them and their life matters to you just as much as the child who died. Don't forget that. Keep your family intact. Keep your family close. And love each other. Show each other how you love them. Be there for each other. Do things as a family. Go to the lake or the ocean or the forest. Go out in nature. Listen to the birds. Experience all that nature provides. Lift off beautiful balloons with notes to your loved one, telling them everything you need to say, and let all of your family members do the same. Remember that nothing, and no one, can ever take away the love you shared with your child. No one. And nothing can take away the love they felt for you. And you will carry that within your soul and within your heart for the rest of your life. I'm sending you much love and big hugs as you move through this very difficult time in your life. Bless you, my friend. So now it's time to get up and dance, dance, dance. And I know you are so sorrowful right now, but use this as a way to change your state. Dance with me now.
Thank you for joining me today. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review my podcast wherever you've listened to me. Write five things in your journal each night that you are grateful for. Don't forget to keep up with that. And do go over to marymac.info slash books and pick up my book to help you with your other children who are grieving. And mostly, I want you to be happy because you deserve to. I'll speak with you again soon.